Welcome to ETF TV News, your updates on newly issued securities in the exchange traded fund and note space. I'm Dan Barnes. Joining me today is Jan Vanek, CEO of Vanek. We're going to discuss social sentiment, investing and Bitcoin ETFs in the US. And of course, Debbie Furr. Jan, Debbie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Debbie, if I can start with you, can you give us a quick update on the numbers of newly issued exchange traded funds over the previous week? Last week, we had 25 new ETFs listed, 13 cross-listings, 18 firms listed new products. They were on seven exchanges, 14 were in Asia-Pacific, so we've seen a lot of new listings in Asia-Pacific this year. Seven were in the US and four were in London. We've been cleaning the data, and it looks like the ETF industry globally will hit a new record of $8.3 trillion, which is up from 8.06 at the end of January. The net inflows for the month are $139 billion, which is an all-time record, beating November 2020, which was $132 billion. And last month, we saw $83 billion coming in. So year-to-date, we're at $222 billion of net inflows. This is really significant growth in both assets and flows, which follows on from a very strong year last year. That's great. Jan, can I ask you, first of all, what is social sentiment and what is the investment opportunity it represents? For those of you who don't know Van Eck and our ETF lineup, what we try to do is offer kind of interesting value-added exposures to different markets. We're known for our fallen angel high yield fund, which basically buys bonds after they've been downgraded. And that's been a top performer. And also we have a wide moat strategy for Morningstar equity research, which puts that into an index and that's performed really well too. There's been academics and you know, hedge fund and Wall Street people that have analyzed all the message volume on social media platforms like Reddit, StockTwits, Twitter, of course. And there's a gentleman out of Toronto, Jamie Wise, who basically sucked up all those messages, categorized them into positive or negative, and then came up with a large cap strategy to follow those stocks. The other place where you've been innovative, you've been trying for a while to launch a Bitcoin product. You refiled again in December. You saw CBOE last week put in their S1 filing. Can you talk to us about what you see as the outlook for a Bitcoin ETF in the U.S.? Well, I think big picture, Debbie, we're certainly hoping that the U.S. finally does say yes. As you know, Canada approved a retail Bitcoin fund last year. Now we have ETFs in Canada. And our colleagues, Van Eck, has launched an ETN in Europe that's, uh, that tracks Bitcoin. And that's been working exactly as advertised. So our feeling is that the industry has addressed the SEC's issues of custody and they call it market manipulation, but I think the depth of the market and having good pricing signals is really important. And we think those problems have solved. However, it's really up to the SEC, as you know. And who do you think will be the primary users of a Bitcoin ETF? I mean, we haven't seen that much embracing here in Europe of institutional investors in the products. Yes, it's actually interesting, the take up in our ETF. I mean, it's been good, but it hasn't been kind of a, a breakthrough. I think institutions are very slow to take on Bitcoin. We have been talking to Dan Tapiero, who got an endowment in the US to invest early, I think a year or two ago. So it's a slow process. But listen, I think the regulatory infrastructure for ETFs is just super strong, right? Exchanges provide liquidity. The websites don't go down. Typically, exchanges don't go down. There's a depth of market makers, and people can hold it in their traditional securities accounts. 
which is really a big convenience. So I think those are the factors. Listen, Coinbase, which is going public, already has 43 million clients in the US. So there are a lot of people who have bought Bitcoin already. It's not hard to buy if you have a smartphone, but I just do think it will extend the market and it's better to have it as a regulated instrument, but there's no clear visibility from the SEC. Yeah, those are actually points that Sam made. He was on the show a week ago when he talked about how he positioned it that way to the regulators in Canada. And clearly we've seen significant inflows into his products, much more than we've seen in Europe. So maybe North America is the place to be for uh, these types of products. You know, I think the UK also is a little ambivalent because it hasn't approved, you know, the fund for retail distribution. People are erring on the side of caution when it comes to regulatory things with crypto, obviously, right? Because of the money laundering concerns around the asset class and just the fact that the infrastructure is new. So everyone is definitely on the conservative side of the boat, but you know, that's to be understood, I think. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. That's a great update on what's going on. Thanks, Debbie. Dan, it's good to see you. Debbie, turning back to you, can you give us a bit of color on some of the new issues we saw over the previous week? If we look at what came to market last week, we saw target income, structured outcome, a number of ESG products, a number of thematics. We had Factor and some more China Stock Connect. The other thing to note is last week, we had the first listing of an ETF from Alger doing an active, non-transparent product on mid-cap 40. Mm-hmm. And FlexShares here in Europe launched their first two ESG Factor ETFs. So then looking ahead, what else is coming up in ETF news? So March 9th marks the 31st anniversary of the listing of the first ETF, and that was in Canada, not the U.S. The U.S. is three years behind. The other thing that is happening on March 10th this week, we will see the requirement of all funds to be reporting based on the EU sustainable finance disclosure regulations, whether their funds are classified as six, eight, or nine. That really indicates the level of ESG they are in terms of just providing transparency about ESG being focused on it or having that as an objective. And then regulatory approval was granted to Guinness Atkinson to convert two of their mutual funds into ETFs. So this will be the first conversion, $30 million in assets scheduled to happen on March 26. And dimensional advisors received approval to convert six mutual funds with $26 billion in assets. And they plan to do that on June 11th. So a number of regulatory things happening out there. Thanks very much, Debbie. Thank you.